Greetings, travelers! Greetings, travelers! It's it American Lance and Mark Muncy here with the yes. Eerie Travels. And it is Nocturnal New Year. See, I did it! Nocturnal New Year! I did it! I did a musical! You did! And I know it's because you've been listening to the episodes and hearing me harp on it, so I appreciate it. Yep, yep, yep. I took some time over the holidays to catch up on our own episodes. I realized I had fallen behind. Travelers, if you're wondering, we listen to ourselves again because sometimes we don't actually know what comes out of our mouths. So... And I, you know, I'm proud and not proud of that fact at times, but (laughs) sometimes I listen to the stories and I get freaked out all over again. Some of those listener tales, man, I, I, well, I, I re-listened to them because I'm typing them up for future projects and I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't notice that detail the first time we read it. In the moment. Okay. We have a really, really cool episode today that I am super excited about. So... Um, oh, okay, well, yes. I'll let you take it away then. Okay, well, and you know a little bit about this. So I had the opportunity, and I, I mentioned it on the show briefly and said, I'm going to share more, but I waited till this moment to do that because I got a witch tattoo, which I'm super Ooh. excited about. And it was from the most amazing person. And I was like, I have to have her on this podcast. So she is here with us today. And so the sigil witch herself, Janine Hausman. Welcome, welcome. Hello, travelers. Ooh, ooh, I like that. I like that. So um, I had the opportunity to get a beautiful tattoo. And I gave the picture already to our producer who's going to share that with the audience at large when she posts this episode. But it was probably one of the most amazing experiences I ever had. And there were so many like moments throughout it. But I want to start with you doing a little introduction of yourself, like who you are, and then we can dive into witch tattoos because it's an amazing thing. So tell us your origin story, please. (laughs) All right. Well, I am Janine Hausman, as you know me. Um, I'm also the Sigil Witch. Um, I'm based out of Exton, Pennsylvania. I've been tattooing for a really long time. <laughs> like, I think it's almost like 15 or 16 years. But I have been offering ritualized tattooing or skin cantations um, since 2015. And it's my favorite thing ever. I've also illustrated an Oracle deck for a really famous writer named Danielle Dolsky. That's really cool if you guys want to check out some of my works. Um, and yeah, that's me. <laughs> awesome. And we're going to share the links to you and your shop. So I was introduced to you by Brandy. That's all I'm ever going to say on this show is Brandy, Brandy, Brandy. I feel like that's yeah. mantra in Flynn Enchanted Flower Bake Shop. But she told me about these t- tattoos and she had gotten some ones from other people in your shop. And then she said, you can have a witch tattoo. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> Tell me all about this thing, right? And from my experience, I, I got the opportunity to um, send in a request to do this. There's um, different communication, but I feel like you would better tell how this works to begin with than me explaining my very um, uh, weird side of this. So <laughs> from from my perspective, yes. Um, so there's an application to do it just so I can make sure that we're on the same energetic thing. Because like, you know, sometimes people think that I'm just a psychic and I'm going to like pull something from their brain that like they don't know that they want or something that's not what is happening when we uh do this process um so (laughs) no brain brain extraction I wish I could read minds however I cannot um it is not a superpower of mine uh but yeah so the whole idea of the sigil is it's sort of derived from like my own spirituality and my own witchy practice where um, I was kind of trying to figure out like what kind of sacred tattooing would like my primal ancestors offer? Like, what would that look like? You know? So I found what my heritage mostly was, and that is Scottish and also Italian. Uh, But I started like really diving into like the primal ancestors of um, the Scots. Uh, and that is the Pictish. And the reason they're called the Pictish is because they're covered in pictures. Uh, that's what the Romans named them. 
And so they're these heavily tattooed warriors and it's a matriarchal society. So I imagine somewhere in history that there was a dope lady uh, who was a witch that like cultivated this energy and their desires and like what they needed from their tattoo. And then they did it for them in sort of a similar fashion. So yeah, so that's like what this experience is based around. Um, But what we end up doing is I pull a whole shit ton of cards, uh, tarot cards to kind of figure out, you know, what's going on in your life right now. Um, I pull these cards to kind of figure out like, what are like the shadow aspects that you're dealing with right now? Um, So the parts of yourself that you're repressing and that you're seeing through other people through like uh, negative characteristics or uh, positive characteristics and qualities, right? Um, And then with talking with you in that hour amount of time, I really get to get beneath those layers with you. I feel like after the sessions too, like I have a really deep understanding of like who my client truly is. And that's a really like beautiful thing. When I started tattooing, that was kind of the opposite of what we were taught by our mentors. Like, it's like asking, um, when you when you ask like why somebody's getting a tattoo, it's sort of like a bartender asking a patron why they're drinking, right? So like, I'm kind of pushing the boundaries in that way too. Like, I, I want to know all the things. I want to know what your soul needs. <laughs> I have to say, well, my soul needs, I love that. I have to say, so- going through that process and talking to you and doing that first communication, right? Where you're talking to me about what you pulled together and um stuff. When you say speaking to the soul, like that happened a thousand percent. You said stuff that I was like, oh, does she know that? Like, and yeah, and, but what was so fascinating to me because we talk, we've talked to a lot of um people in our past and some on the show where you know you mentioned the psychic thing, and psychics can be great, and there are some that are incredibly talented out there, but there are also some fraudsters, like there's you know, a, a thing in your life that you're confused about. Well, like everybody has that, duh, that's like a gimme, but when we met and you went over the stuff that you pulled in the ancestor stuff, like it reverberated through me. Like I was sitting there and I took notes because I was like, it's just hitting me and I better write every single thing that's coming out of this woman's mouth down. Otherwise, because I, I love that. It. I, I did. I had to, and I still have it actually, because I had to reread it several times because it actually did hit things. You said shadow and it did hit things that I was not, for lack of a better way, confronting. There's stuff that I wasn't looking at and there was stuff I wasn't willing to confront and tackle and stuff. And then you said it and I was like, uh, like almost had tears in my eye because I was. that's how impactful that part of our session was. That makes yeah. me happy. Yeah. And a part of part of why I do it over the phone is I can't see you. I, it's an energetic barrier for me too. So like, I'm less fearful of being like, this is what's coming up. I got to be completely authentic with you, you know, like, cause you know, sometimes seeing people's faces, you're like, oh, I should like rein it back a little bit, but like, I want to be totally authentic with you. And I feel like you were, and that was incredibly interesting. So then we go through this process of talking to me and explaining what your what you got from your side of it, right? And then the next step is setting an appointment, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what the next step. <laughs> I think Sorry. the next step was setting an appointment. So I did yeah. I an appointment to come see you. And then mm-hmm. how do you kind of do that? Because I think you pretty much that's your day, right? The, yeah. the tattoo. So. Yeah. Yeah. So the day is dedicated to you. It's like the ritual of you, right? So like, again, taking it back to that primal ancestor, that crazy witch in the cave that you go to, like, there's nobody else there. There's nobody else that's being focused on. It's literally about what you and what you need. So when I started, I start my day, it's like, I clear the space. I like make the tattoo room into like a sacred space. And then I go over our notes too. I look at like what was coming up, like what the patterns were. And then I start a ritual, like calling into like the ancestors to tell me what it is that you need for each direction. And then that's, that's how the sigils are made. Coming into your shop. Let's, let's talk. We're going to sidebar Mark. You've got to hear about this shop. So okay. little history, because you go into this shop and 
one of the things there's a couple ghosts there so we're going to talk about that but one of the things i noticed was in i said this to you going into the shop because i'd had the opportunity to be in the shop before because i got my nose piercing which everybody sees in my pictures from your shop from your your piercer there because my um goddaughter wanted to get her nose pierced so i was like cool i'll do that with you for your birthday let's go because I'm pretty much down for anything that involves that kind of stuff. And, but what I notice is it's calm. It's almost like no matter what's going on outside, you walk in and the space is just calm. And I'm not saying quiet. I'm saying you don't have any distractions or interference. You just feel comfortable in the space. But the space has its own unique history. And there's a couple of residents that maybe don't have bodies. So let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. So the space, um, originally it's like when you come up to it, it's like, how is this here in this area? It's like in the suburbs, you know? Um, and then it almost feels like you kind of like step through a portal into like a different like dimension, you know, like the area back here is like when you're walking up to the building, it's like, you know, there was a former church or chapel that was there. There's a bell tower and then there's my building. And then there's a bunch of other like little like houses that are dotted all over the property and it's all like hugged by trees, you know? So it's very like, I don't know, like a fairy journey. It's, it's very pretty, but what it was used for back in the day, like back in the forties was, uh, there was this guy named Charles Penrose and he created this building to bring like innovative thinkers and engineers and like people who wanted to build businesses in the community to help it. Right. So there was like this there's this like huge building that was like a, a press like a printing press so they would print like all of their information there they would get together and have like these dinners and talk about these ideas and then my building was like the google right so like this was a 3000 volume library where those guys would come and they would research like their ideas a little snapple fact too that i learned was that they it was also a masonic lodge like some part i can't oh, figure out wow. what part it was yeah and so they so they definitely did ritual here <laughs> that's the point but yeah so it was used to create and to help the community and i like to think that creatrix's legacy is also like similar to that um, so they're not usually like too irritated. Actually, I've never felt like they've like uh, any of the ghosts here have been irritated with us being here. But anyway, I yeah. I don't think so. But I I noticed because we were sitting getting ready to do the tattoo, and I was like, "So are there any ghosts here?" And you're like, "Yeah, is it a male or a female?" And it was a male, and he was you know standing up on the balcony, kind of just watching us. Not bad. Not you know scary or anything like that so let's talk about your ghost residents for a moment we have a few but the most prominent is charlie he's the guy who was the founder of this place and his i believe it's his wife virginia who's also here so they actually had crypts like built on the property so you pass them before you pass the chapel and charlie was actually buried here and his wife had his body exhumed and moved to Philly. And I feel like it, cre I feel an energy around that. Like, I feel like it was like her last, like, and I hate to talk, but it, I'm only assuming like yeah. sort of feels like a little passive aggressive to me. You know what I mean? Like when you look at his crypt, it's like the architect, the tr the churchman, like, you know, it's all those stuff. And then hers is like the wife and that's it. Like there's nothing else on there. So I was like, she got you. <laughs> you know <Yeah>. what I mean? <laughs> So it was Charlie that was a part of our thing. And so when I got there, you showed me. So let's talk a little bit about that because I didn't pick the tattoo. So travelers listening, I didn't go, hey, what I'd like is a butterfly mosaic. Like that didn't, not those words would ever come out of my mouth, but um, <laughs> it's so true. Better a few drinks, maybe. Yeah, that is very <laughs> accurate that is accurate and that is why i'm very fortunate the tattoo artists will not tattoo drunk people generally <laughs> oh, oh, thank you mark for pointing out my you know, no, no worries no worries yes keep me honest so let's talk a little bit about the creation of the image yeah so sigils are typically there's there's two different ways to make them so i was actually i have like a little witch school i'm teaching about sigils last week actually so there's a way that you could just make them where it is pretty straightforward. You take 
a, uh, a spell or a sentence or a word, and then you remove any vowels or repeating letters, right? So then you're left with like a few letters and you create a symbol from that, right? So why I'm bringing that up is there's a whole spell that I write for you and, and I'm using the letters from that spell in my sigil. But then there's also uh, things like numerology and symbolism, things like this that you could also throw into the sigil as well. So I also do that. And I'm channeling it most of the time that I'm doing this. So like sometimes when I'm actually tattooing people, I'm like, oh, oh, I didn't see that when I was creating it. And there's like, there's like this beautiful thing. Like I'll notice that there's like eights on all four corners, like eight dots or something. I don't know as an example. And like, that means like standing in your power and it's like in a place of balance, right? So intuitively based off of the spell, um, I create the sigil that way, if that makes sense. I have a question about the script. Uh, are you using like uh, Agam or are you using Pictish or? Um, no, I'm not. I mean, sometimes with the swirls, like there are sometimes like swirls and stuff like that in there. Um, but I'm not using Ogum. I'm not using the swirls. I'm kind of just using like, I don't know how to explain it. If you looked at my sigils, you would notice a very distinct pattern in that. They're almost like sacred geometry. They're almost like diamonds. Um, they're always really balanced. There's always a like compass in the center. So I'm more so using the letters to create a very like balanced design and then numerology and things like that. Okay. So, so the letters are, uh, Greek, uh, uh, a mix or English or I was just They're English letters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. Okay. So yeah. that way you understand what you've got on you. That, that makes much more yeah. sense. Yeah. Helps the intent. I know a lot of people mm -hmm. get these, you know, tattoos that are in Arabic or, you know, and so, or, or even Gaelic and they don't understand one word that they've got on right. them. And I'm like, okay, you, you understand the intent behind it though. Okay. That's good enough. Right. But it would yeah, help. Yeah. Like it. for example, with kanjis, I remember like back in the day, like for example, like those symbols have like duplicit meanings. So like honey was my favorite example to use meant spit too. Yes. <laughs> so like people are walking around with a kanji that says spit on them. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. was, was it bravery and soup? That was the big one mm -hmm. on Big Bang Theory. It was the same, same thing. Yeah. So, and that's why I always love that when people do that, but uh, that's, that's great. And especially since I was about to say, because the Celtic stuff, we don't know what their language right. was. We, we have general idea because it was from the Gaelic and stuff like that, you know, Gaelic evolved from that, but we don't know what that original stuff is. It's still very vague right. and all that, but we love it. So now you said you teach some young witches. Too. I do. We have yeah. a lot of young witches in our audience. So uh, we yeah, get yeah. Letters from them a lot. So tell us a little bit yeah. about that. So I have a lot of people that I work with and they're like, I want to continue this work with you. You know, like I want to learn about the primal ancestors more. I want to learn about sigils. I don't know how to do magic. And I feel like a lot of what I'm trying to teach people is to trust yourself. Like you're so powerful. Like all of this is inside of you. It's a remembering. It's not like you're like just materializing something. It was like, you're literally remembering. So yeah, I have like a little online course that I teach. Um, it's about to be coming to an end this January, but I'm going to be opening it again, uh, probably in the springtime for a second group of people. So I have to say one of the things during our, our cause we touching on, um, which and powers and stuff like that during our tattoo session, right. One of the things that I can say, and I, I can say this because I have an ass load of tattoos. So, you know, I have total leg sleeve. I, I say that only because I've, been there done that I have a t-shirt from tattooing one of the things I completely admired and loved about the creation of the tattoo was your um artwork in it was not like you weren't using a shader like that's a lot of times tattoo artists use a shader and um the dot work and everything like that you were just doing and creating these beautiful pieces to it which was completely an artistic thing and Thank amazing you. so I want to say that and then secondarily we're sitting and we're talking about stuff i'm not going to go into it because it was my session and you guys don't get to hear that part but i literally had a moment and i think you know what i'm talking about where it was like just electricity like power just ran through everything between us and i was like you know like it was so immense like it was just a completely unique experience and 
So doing that, and then at the end, we did kind of an amazing thing. So let's talk about that a little, because I'm not going to give away all of my stuff because it was very personal to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so basically to seal the magic and to activate the sigil, because the whole thing with the sigil is it very much is like spicy psychology, right? So the lizard brain, the observer self, it understands like intense emotion and understands like something that's like memorable something you know it doesn't understand you've been like hey you're a better person now today like just be better it's like you need to like show it a symbol you need to show it like an energy or experience so in closing in like you setting that sigil on fire and like you making offerings to yourself and doing this little like closing ritual I just feel like it's such a great way to like, just bring that whole thing into its container and close, you know? You end up doing a spell and you end mm-hmm. up um, creating, what would you call the spell bottle? I feel like that's not- A uh, spell jar. The spell yeah. jar. And then you seal it in wax and you pick your wax. Like you go, I loved all of that, that whole entire thing because yeah, uh, one, I got to cast the spell, so- that seems dangerous for me. But anyway, continuing. <laughs> I was like, let me find my grimoire. No. Um, so, I love it. Uh, I'm close to that point, but I, I need to bring it in a little. Um, not really. Um, but we cast the spell and then we seal it in the jar and you pick your wax and your symbol. And it's like just the most amazing process to do this. Mm-hmm. And I was like buzzing for days, just buzzing about this. And then on top of it, it didn't hurt. So I'm not saying getting tattooed doesn't hurt, but what I meant was there wasn't a lot of pain. There wasn't, I don't know how to explain it other than negative things that sometimes go with getting a tattoo because there's pain and there's this, and you know, you, you have a lot of attention on just that spot because of whatever. And I didn't have that. And again, Mm -hmm. as somebody who has leg sleeves and a lot of tattoos it's not like I have a little butterfly and I was like this didn't hurt like my little butterfly didn't hurt now like this it didn't I didn't feel that which was very different at the end of this process sounds like you're really ready for it yeah <laughs> many levels of being ready for it so <laughs> yeah but. yeah it really does vary from person to person because I mean I guess it depends on like what your like alchemizing or bring out of yourself right like because I've had people that can like barely sit through it too at the same time you know I was, gonna um, say, I was about to ask if you've had the opposite effect you know where some people yeah can, some people can't handle their energy yeah at all so 100 but I mean I feel like I've always like I've always like checked back like how are how are you doing you know and they're like you have no idea like all the things that are changing in my life so like I said, it's that intense emotion though. So like, even though if it hurts or it sucks, like your body's like, dude, I went through this rite of passage. Like I have to, I'm going to start like with that motion. Right. So it's interesting. It was anyway, completely unbelievable experience. And the link is in the show notes. So anyone who would like to be a part of this and um, experience it, and I'm not going to say try it out or do something cool. Cause that's not the intention of this. So if you just want to get a tattoo, cause you're being cool, don't, this is not the experience to do, but outside of these tattoos, you do other tattooing as well. Correct. Mm-hmm. I do. Yes. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of like fine line, sacred geometry, dot work, black work stuff. I do a lot of stuff. I've been tattooing a long time. I've seen your your work outside of the work on me. I've seen your work and like you've recently done some goddesses that I was like, I literally have been thinking since we met, I'm like, what goddess would I put on me? I'm I'm swaying towards Medusa, which I don't think is a goddess, but I feel like she should have been a goddess because she is a bitch. She's got the yeah. So anyway, that's traveler. Consider that might be coming up here shortly. Um yeah, yeah. I think it's amazing. So I wanted to just say if people want to look up your artwork and potentially reach out to you outside of doing this kind of, you know, sacred kind of tattooing, you do other tattooing and you have amazing artists because it's not just you, you have entire, you want to talk a little bit about your business before we go to a break? Uh, yeah, I have, uh, I have two other tattooers and I have a cosmetic tattooer uh, also at the studio and 
Everybody who works here is an amazing woman and just like the sweetest girls. Like I, I, I don't know. I feel like that's why you feel so comfortable and safe when you come into the studio. We all hold space and try to honor each of the clients, but yeah, everybody here does beautiful work. Like, um, my one girl, Elise, she does like really like fine line, super delicate. Like, like I do stippling, but she does it like so tiny and so detailed. Like she's like a little spider. And Alex, who works here too, she does um, a lot of floral things. She loves doing um, things with dot work as well. Very delicate. And then um, Shay, who works with us, she does um, eyebrows and lip blushing. So yeah, that's a little bit about us. Yes. And it's the shop is amazing. It's so beautiful. And you have, I can't even, there's so many amazing things, including the dinosaurs that are behind you. Like <laughs> it's just layers and layers of stuff. So if everyone is interested, definitely check this out, but we have to take a quick break and then we're going to come back to the paranormal because layers. I love it. Okay. We'll be right back. Eerie Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky, horrible occurrences almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia, or the Goat Man of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe. What of those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock or the Satan spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio to Point Pleasant's Mothman Legacy, Mark Muncy and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncy, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more. Destiny Beard, the lyrical soprano who will haunt your dreams. With her alluring melodies and intricate harmonies, this dark siren of wistful song shall capture your soul and lead you into the night. Check out Destiny's new single, The Haunting Is Over with international musicians Sam Haynes and Gary Bennett, as well as her other musical works at destinybeard.com. We are back, and and Mark, you brought up, so you found my goddess for me. Like I said, I went through a process while we were talking there. My brain started going, well, what goddess for Erica? And I was like, well, it's gotta be someone who likes drinking and books. And so I was immediately going wizards and, you know, and, and wisdom and I was going Artemis and all this. And then I was like, no, wait, we're talking Celtic. And so it, it swarped back and I was like, Bridget, because we've got Imbolc coming up. Uh, so my mind was on Bridget, say Bridget's Day and all that. And then I was like, no, 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 Maeve. She just came out of the blue literally at me and not the boys, Queen Maeve, but she is named after this character. And she was a, an Irish mythology, or I don't even like to say mythology, Irish belief. It is she who intoxicates. And I immediately <laughs> thought of, I was like, oh, I think Janine and Erica could do some magic there. Oh, so. yeah. No, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. I'm going to be talking to Janine <laughs> after this. So, yes, yes. Now, you, but you brought up another point, which was the sleeve thing. So I didn't mention this when we were talking about other things that I offer. And that is that I do sleeves that are like living altars that are dedicated to deity. So, so far I've done three. Well, I started a leg one, but that's a whole different story. Okay. So one for Nyx, one for Persephone and one for Aphrodite. And it's like, you put like the crystals or the offerings that you would leave for her or like, you know, other, like their lovers or like whatever. And it's so fun to connect together because like, I don't know, like sometimes when you see a sleeve, like it's almost like predictable, like what to see in a sleeve, right? Like how the composition is. But when you have all of these like organic things together, 
and like you truly know what they mean it's so cool it's like so it's so magical yeah now we're gonna connect because you're gonna do another one which is going to be made for me yes right after i left there i was like you know i would love to do that but i had to find one that connected mark you were the piece that pulled this all together (laughs) Hey, I, Thank I, I, you. <laughs> I, I have epilepsy. Most tattooists don't want to deal with people with epilepsy. So, that's, you know, that's always been a, a bane of my existence is like, because I, I always want the Buckaroo Banzai logo on one shoulder because I'm a nerd. And then I was like, oh, and then I, that would be awesome to get a an altar to uh, somebody that I love. Over yeah. Uh huh. Uh, sadly, you know, not pretty much not in the cards for me. But uh, does your doctor say no? It's the doctor and most tattooists, you know, will say because you're shaking, they can't, you know, promise anything. And who knows what triggers it for me? I I don't know if a a tattoo would trigger it. So okay, uh, Mark will have to come with me as I do this and we'll do a party dot. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I I know, right? (laughs) A party dot. A party dot. We'll do a little party dot, a little Erica party dot and see how you got it. Yeah, Let's and do most it. of the tattooists say that uh, they'd have to, you know, I'd have to basically be under, you know, really? in, uh, stuff like that, you know, so. Yeah, I'd have to do my due diligence and anything, research about that, yeah. There's anything complicated. Well, party yeah. dot isn't complicated, Mark. Just throwing no, that out there for us to try. Anyway, okay, so uh, Erica's goals in life now. Wait, write this down, Bo. I'm going to check into yeah. how to tattoo Mark after I get <laughs> my goddess sleeve. I probably should put on there to protect me from some of the places I've been. So. Oh, yeah. Mark, let's not even go down the route of things that you will not protect yourself from because, <laughs> yeah. So first of all, travelers, your travel destination is going to be in Pennsylvania. So, um, mm-hmm. and it's outside of Philly, just to give you an mm-hmm. idea of the map locale. So let's talk a little bit about your own experiences because when we talked before you have some and of course there are some that i'm sure you're willing to share because we love paranormal on this show yes yes i've had quite a few here i'm not very good at telling like long stories but i mean when i first came to see the studio to see if I like wanted to like make it the home for creatrix I like immediately that day like had an experience so the realtor was like coming to like let me into the building and stuff and he had like there's these two big doors and he opened them all the way up so that like the light could come in yada yada so I'm like inside the library and I see this like older gentleman who's like dressed like really really nice who's just like walking very intently down like our slate path and yeah I feel like he had like either a cane or an umbrella or something I was like kind of seeing him out of my peripherals um and then like I literally went to like be like oh is that like the guy whose property this is and then he was like gone so like he was never in like human form but I saw who I believe I think it was Charlie I think he was like showing up to show me like also, I come with this property, you know. <laughs> um, but then, so after that was nice of him to do. I just want to say because I'm sure right? many people who've encountered things in their house would have preferred that whatever it was kind of showed up and went. By the way, if you buy this, do you see that room up there? <laughs> I live there. Thanks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And and at this point too, I'd completely overlooked like the crypts and all that stuff. I was just like so in awe of like the actual building. But uh, the first couple of like, I feel like it was a while, though. It's kind of hard to say like the exact amount of time. But um, at six o'clock on the dot at night, like every night, the doors would lock by themselves. Like they'd be like, it's time to go. Like work is over. Like it never felt like anything threatening. But that would happen. Um, There's like a plaque over by our sink too of Charlie. And like, sometimes the light will be on, like when we come back in and stuff, it's just like little trickster stuff. It's nothing crazy, but that's like some of our little ghost stories here. I love that because it's a really different space. And then there's a caretaker that likes to hang out outside Mm -hmm. the window, correct? Yeah. Yeah. His name is Martin. I don't really see him too much, but again, like when we first moved in, like I would see him like just walking back and forth across the, um, the main uh square out front and then also in the the back area of the studio like every once in a while 
I've only seen him like three or four times, I feel like. Didn't you see him with someone like he passed by the window and somebody was like, yes, yes. So I was doing a sigil for this woman. She had come down from New York to get tattooed by me and uh, she was Claire audio and I'm clairvoyant. So I don't always get the whole story. Like I, there was this meme one time that was really funny. It's like a, a floating statue and it's like how I perceive ghosts sometimes. And it's like baloney. Like it doesn't say anything that's like really important. It's just like saying weird random stuff, but she only hears. So the same time that I'm seeing this guy walk by, she's like, oh, that's Martin. And she starts telling me all the things about him. And I'm like, wait, you can see him too. And we became like really good friends and like we're texting all the time and everything. It was really cool to have somebody that was like on the same like frequency, I guess, as I was. No, <laughs> it was cool. There are so many mediums that work together that do that and people go well why why are you both right here it's like no you have to do that because you get it's picking they're picking up different spectrums they're picking up right things and then you know they compare notes at the end and suddenly it's like oh now we have the whole picture and that's exactly what you guys were doing and i, I love that you came together and then that happened it it's was like, so cool like it, it changed perfect. my life because like i said it's like you said it's like you pick up a piece of it you're just like okay like that was weird but like to have somebody like fill in the blanks with you it was a really like connecting feeling too i have to say when did you get into witchcraft though what created that for you that you chose that journey for yourself Oh girl, that's been my entire life. Like I had been dabbling in witchcraft. I I remember like finding tarot cards that like my mom had, like when she decided to like reject her religion that she had been raised with. I remember she had goddess tarot cards and I remember I stole them and brought them to school with me. And I was like, I'm so cool. And then also like potion making and trying to move things like with my mind, like it's always been there, (laughs) you know? I would say I started to seriously learn about it when I was in my 20s. And then just for people who are listening, because we've had people go, I want to get into it. How do you transition? I mean, we've given the advice to potentially re- reach out to groups and things like that to find somebody. But what would you recommend? The, the How I got involved and found like some people that could really help guide me was... Um, I was never into yoga, but yogis have some pretty like witchy practices that, um, and sometimes the like pagan like runs into that like mixture a lot of times I feel like now, um, but they'll offer things like circles, um, sound bath healing, regressions, like things like that. And you can kind of start to like meet people through that and network that way. It's sort of like a chain reaction. And like when it's ready to show up in your life, it will. You know what I mean? People will help you. But yeah, that's how that's kind of how I did it. That's very, very cool. And then let's talk a little bit about creating tarot cards. And then I'm going to get back to weirded stories that I know you have. So let's talk about tarot cards, though. So what was that like creating tarot cards? Oh my gosh. It was the hardest and most amazing thing I ever did in my life. So it was actually an Oracle deck though. So they're a little bit different. uh, Sorry, Oracle deck. Forgive me. Oh no, it's fine. Oh, what Um, is the difference? Share that with our audience. What is the difference between an Oracle deck and a tarot deck? Okay. So I can say this with tarot, it's a little hard to explain sometimes, but with tarot, there are always the same suits. There's always the same numbers. There's a major arcana and there's a minor arcana. In Oracle, that's not there, if that makes sense. So yeah, so the tarot is more definite and then the Oracle is going to be like more fluid and more intuitive, I guess. And you can put a lot of like artistic, like, I don't know, like around like a book instead of like, you know, the major minor arcana. Tarot generally follows the writer weight because that was the first one that we found a full set of, uh, which is what we base our modern playing cards on, you know, and that's, you know, so that's- Yeah, you could do tarot with playing cards. Exactly. A lot of people don't realize a lot. I know a lot of psychics that do that. They prefer that because it's so much easier than saying, oh, there's the Aerophant. Oh, it's Queen of Hearts. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. That sort of thing. Uh, But yeah, Oracle decks are so much more interpretive and it sounds exactly like the way you work, which is perfect. So let's talk not just where you are now, but what are some of the fun, weird experiences you've had throughout your life being so sensitive? Well, it started like when I was like really little, 
Um, it wasn't as fun or cool or it wasn't like there's not like really a lot of like awesome stories. It's actually like pretty shitty, but and I feel like I so I had yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to be like no, oh, no, it took way to bring it down there, Janine. No. Yeah, it was it was so shitty. Um, but yeah, it was like uh ghosts are dicks to like kids, like sorry, not sorry. In the beginning of my 30s is when I started like re-embracing my abilities again. And I told my mom, it like I was like was confessing it to her because she's like acclaimed atheist, but she's like totally not. Um, and <laughs> so I'm telling her, I'm like, I, you know, I see dead people, mom. And she's like, Janine, you've always seen dead people. Like, remember Lucy? And then I was like, I was like, what, ma'am? Like, you know, and then I did. I remembered like this ghost that I had when I was growing up. It was like my imaginary friend, but she was like actually a ghost. <laughs> invisible friend and we've talked about this on the podcast i've said that because i don't think they're imaginary i think children see them they're very real but we're told oh you're just imagining things and it can go away so was lucy nice to you i i think she was i don't really remember a whole lot but i definitely think she was like i definitely remember like when i was scared i'd like call on her and she'd guide me and things like that but it was i was really really little and then like yeah just like some other weird stuff. I feel like by the time I was like getting my Holy communion or whatever, it all stopped. Like I was like, Jesus, take the wheel, you know? Um, And then when I was in my late twenties, like weird stuff started happening again. So do you think that you pushed it away? Like you put up blockers to kind of absolutely get yourself out of that situation. Yeah. It was not comfortable. Um, I I've specifically remembered like being overtaken by energy, you know what I mean? And that is like the most draining, awful feeling. Like I remember like screaming and like my mom having to turn up music really loud. It was like really, really uncomfortable. And then like, like I said, after that first communion, it stopped happening completely. Cause I was like blocked, you know, it seems to be a common theme where it just yeah. gets blocked for so long. And then it takes forever to break that wall down. Yeah. Yeah. I think that like when I like kind of started like dabbling, like starting to do like the women's circles and feeling more comfortable and like trying different like meditations and stuff, it started to kind of like, let me trust again, I guess, like lower that boundary down. And then a lot of weird stuff started happening again. (laughs) And then there's that whole, am I going crazy? Have I done? Yeah. (laughs) It takes somebody else saying, oh, did you see that too? And then you're like, yes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Just like, yeah, it it is really, um, really wonderful to have people who support you and show you through that. You know, I feel like some people, you know, can't find that. So I'm grateful. Well, and I think one of the things I wanted to touch on, because I've had a ton of experiences, I think all of us that are, you know, on this podcast have as a child and you have to be as a parent or somebody around that child I don't want to say necessarily feeding into it, but acknowledging it and trying to give them ways to deal with it because it can be overwhelming, especially because I feel like children tend to be very open receptors to things because they have no boundaries, right? Like we're just, we're new and we're shiny and we have no boundaries. And then um, I think for a lot of people, their empathic or their abilities get stunted because they do have to find a way to put up that wall to block just the tidal wave that's coming at them because they don't have a way to get it into a um, manageable stream of whatever or experiences you know and so when a child has that going oh it's just your imagination I feel is like one of the worst things you can do versus hey, let's figure out a way how to be strong. Because we talk about that even with adults who are having problems and stuff. How do you put your own barriers into place so that you're not blocking it off, but you're also not just being bombarded by whatever this is in your space? It's so important. It's so important. Mark, we only have a couple more minutes. What other questions do you have? I know I've monopolized this episode because I'm so excited to here. I'm enjoying all of this. I I literally am. So Janine, We've got, like I said, we've got young witches out there and we've got old Appalachian witches who write us. We've got uh, all kinds of, uh, you know, granny, granny magics and stuff like that are coming to light through some of our emails and things like that. You were talking about ancestral spirits and ancestral guides and stuff like that. 
how do you work that into all of this? You know, because that's one of the things these young people are saying. I think I'm hearing the voices of, you know, someone yeah. guiding me, but I don't know how to how to respond. It's I I hope that I'm answering like what you're saying right, but it's like infused in all of it, like yeah. for me. Like it it's it's drenching everything. Like everything came from using my ancestors, like understanding I could utilize them to channel energies, utilizing them to protect me, uh, to be an instant boundary against the shit that I'm not ready to receive, right? Like get out of my house from 9am to 9pm. I'm using the primal ancestors for that, right? Um, I utilize that to understand like, like the lineage that I'm like, like receiving from all the grandmothers that came before me, right? So like, it's, it's really just drenched in everything. I hope I answered that right. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> and then my last little bit, I know you were talking about Erica was going into detail at the beginning about how you guys went through the sessions and, and to, to come up with the sigil and how mm -hmm. it had such meaning for her. And then she went back and reread it and found more meaning. I find that with a lot of psychics and a lot of mediums and stuff like that, uh, and a lot of, you know, just, you know, witches, when they do these things, these intricate deep dives, Sometimes you go back to it 10 years from now and it has a whole completely different meaning 100. that you didn't even realize. Okay. So I was just about to say, is that, yeah. do you have people coming back to you saying, Hey, I did this a yes. few years ago and now it's makes more sense. One lady who was a very good friend of mine and she had gotten a sizzle for me. Like when I first started offering them to people in 2015 and she was like, admittedly, I had no idea what I was doing. And I didn't really connect to this like a lot when I got it. And she started finding like her witchy path in the last year or two. And she said that she went back to that sigil and read it. And she said that it was like everything that she was like looking for like now. And this was like almost 10 years later. It was it was so cool. It was like a uh, future self made that for her. You know what I mean? Yep. It was so neat. I love that. I wish future self would make more things for me, man. <laughs> I'm sure she is. That's yeah. one of the bonuses for epilepsy. I turn on my computer one morning and I realize I've written three chapters yesterday that I don't remember writing. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, thank, thank you, past self. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, as long that. as they're, in, you know, intelligible, that's good. But, for you the most know, part, I just uh, forgot I wrote them. So let's do a little bit of shameless self-promotion time. First of all, I do want to thank you for being on this podcast okay. with us because just thoroughly amazing experience that I would wish on. We are, any. we are going to be plotting our trip for uh Squonkapalooza later this year. Uh, Let me know. I would love to like, even just get together. Like seriously. Oh, yeah. well, we may make an appointment. So that'll yes. be no, I, right. I'm going to be, I'm the moment we're off of this, I'm emailing to go goddess. Let's talk. Um. Okay. So shameless self-promotion. How do people find your shop and stuff? What is the best way? Um, so I have a website if you like that kind of thing. Um, it's sigilwitch.com, which is super easy to remember. And then I'm also on Instagram, uh, which is a really great platform because I can put all of my links for all of your inquiries there. Um, and then I have one appointment left. Uh, I'm doing a guest spot in Houston, Texas in February, which I'm super, super excited because nice. it's at my all-time favorite hero god tattooers tattoo studio and he knows i exist and i'm really excited so Fantastic. <laughs> i didn't just sound like a fangirl just then but no, it's all good we all have ours <laughs> yeah so i have one spot left i i was really excited like there was people in texas that knew who i was and wanted to get tattooed by me and i was like what but anyway so that's a thing. Um, but yeah, those two places, my website and Instagram are the best ways to find all of the things that are Sigil Witch. That is amazing. Again, thank you so much for being on this podcast and sharing all this with our travelers. So I, as having experienced this, highly, highly recommend it. And I, I will be working on my goddess tattoo and we will be working Yay. on Bo's witch tattoo and then Mark's party dot just to see in the direction. I'll we'll, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. Email. I love that. Maybe we'll get a squonk for Squonkabalooza, which is in August. Yes. August. Okay, August. okay, cool. Uh, Johnstown. 
John Stone. Okay. Okay. Mark, of all the cryptid, okay, we're going to discuss this on another podcast, but of all the cryptids, you would pick the squonk to be the one. I don't know. He's, he's, he's a sad boy. He, <laughs> he is a love. very sad boy. And, you know, oh my God. Go like Ferocious Mothman or Jersey Devil. And then oh, I, yeah. I'm going to get a squonk across. Well, I'm, I'm going to get the bench leg. So that's, that's, oh, my... <laughs> I did, I did a cryptid for my boyfriend. He has like a whole sleeve of cryptids. So oh, I, yeah. So his favorite is the Wendigo. Did I say oh. that right? Oh, yes. Yeah. It is so scary. Yeah, apparently, also, little snapple fact about me, I'm apparently really good at scary shit tattooing it i didn't know that until the love of my life showed me so there's that well you'll have to send us a picture of his sleeve because our travelers would love that yeah we did a big there's like a big uh werewolf from the howling it's like this really scary werewolf movie but anyway okay sorry we did a whole episode on werewolves so you have werewolf movies awesome yeah, so we will, oh, so much more. And we'll absolutely have to have you back. So thanks again for being here. And I appreciate it. And Mark, take us away, my friend. Well, gang, uh, thank you again for tuning in. Keep up the wonderful things you do for us. And we will, and keep sending us those letters and listener tales. We, we love them. And it is now being near in bulk. So be ready for St. Bridget's Day and uh, make your altar and do what you need to do for that. And be ready for the beginning of spring and as we get through the darkest part of winter. And with that, seal your sigils and set yourself up for the rest of the wonderful years ahead. And we will see you on the other side.